What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Drinks for Drea. I'm your host, Miss Drea, and I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. Today is Wednesday, August something. I don't even know. August 21st. Um, and I must say, today was a good day. Not that I did anything special. Um, just a regular day. Got up, went to work, spent most of my day in meetings, um, came home. Did my daughter's hair as she starts school tomorrow. Um, Should have went to the gym, but didn't make it. Oh, well, we'll try again another day. Um, But yeah, it was a good laid back type of day. It's been a chill type of week. My week is almost over as far as my work week. Tomorrow I'm going to be hanging out um, at the Sox game. So yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm feeling good and enjoying life as I should. Um, Today's drink of choice is water. Um, No specific reason why, just drinking water tonight. Um, Like I said, we are working on some things to get some real um, conversation and cocktails going. More to come on that. Um, But yeah, just a couple things that's going on in the world and the atmosphere that I wanted to touch on. So that is why I'm coming to you guys today. Um, so without further ado, I'll go ahead and jump right in on um, the topic that I want to talk about is something that's been, it's kind of dwindling down now. Um, but earlier in the week, it was a lot of, you know, people commenting or giving their two cents on this whole Jay-Z and NFL situation. Um, and it it just really, it just frustrates me sometimes, my people, we, we can be very frustrating at times and I'll, and I'll expound upon why, but, um, you know, just seeing the quick rush to judgment, seeing the, you know, forgetting of who Jay-Z is what legacy he has built and is building and just how quick we are to throw shade and shame to our own people without giving them the benefit of doubt. And I want to talk a little bit about benefit of doubt, because if you think about this whole scenario, right, why are we quote unquote boycotting the NFL? For those of you who live under a rock and do not know, basically, um, Colin Kaepernick, who is who is a former NFL quarterback, was so fed up with everything that he was seeing in the world as far as Tamir Rice, Trayvon Martin, um, the list goes on, Eric Garner, just the list goes on of all of the countless uh, men of color who have died at the hands of police officers or uh, wannabe police officers without, you know, any consequences or repercussions. And so... His way of drawing attention to this issue was he began to, um, first he started sitting while everybody was doing the national anthem, Um, but then after working with some people who were veterans of this country, they said the most respectful way to protest it without disrespecting the flag or the uh, army or the people of America is to kneel. So he took heed to that advice and he began kneeling as opposed to standing with his hand over his heart saluting the American flag. And his reasons for this is, I don't feel right pledging allegiance to a flag that does not truly represent everybody. 
and any person of color we know that our experience in this country is totally different than that of anybody else from the time we were brought here to now our experience has always been different it has always been unique it has always been heart-wrenching it has always been oppressive it's very seldomly um has it been a positive experience the only positivity that we get in this country is the positivity that we create for ourselves opportunities that we create for ourselves and we've become accustomed to that and many people are educating themselves or starting businesses or becoming bosses or taking ownership and, and really investing and truly um changing the narrative about our people so we are doing our thing as far as changing things but we still in this world and as long as we're living in this country we are going to always be subject to what could happen which is police brutality which is people of um a different race i.e white people or even shoot it's other uh cultures doing it as well where they feel like it's their right and responsibility to police black people that's where you get the barbecue beckys and the paul uh pool patrol pauls and permit patties because you have people of a certain persuasion who have made it their personal responsibility to be police officers even without taking the oath of african-american people the young girl at harvard the the mother at harvard who was not the mother but the teacher at harvard who was upset about kids playing in the foyer i mean the list goes on and on of various examples of people minding other people's business particularly white people and i'm not racist in the least bit i'm not aiming this at white people as a whole but the people who have done this in most cases have been white people who feel like they're privileged and entitled um, and responsible for the behavior of black and brown people and they feel so compelled of in this responsibility that they they call the police they talk to us recklessly all of these things happen um, as a result of this superiority of this oppression you know of this um obligation to correct the behavior of negroes uh, so um Colin Kaepernick was bringing awareness to this issue you know what i mean and and it got people talking it got people outraged it got people on one end of the spectrum supporting him on another end hating him death threats other people joined him not as many as you would think or would like to see um one common uh, feedback coming from the media is shut up and play ball or shut up and dribble is what LeBron James was told because most people, not most, some people feel that um, the football field, the sports arena is no place for protests. And whether you believe it or not, we have this thing called um, the First Amendment. And that should protect everyone's right to say and think and feel how they want to without any repercussions, specifically losing their job. So as a result of this protest, Colin Kaepernick is no longer hireable. Um, No team will sign up for him uh, because of the backlash that they think they will receive by doing so. The president of the United States, for whatever reason, has decided to insert himself into this. Um, with his usual antics of making himself, you know, this godlike figure, but that's a whole other issue. Um, and trying to dictate how the NFL should be ran, even though he has no ownership, no stake in the NFL. But that again is a whole nother subject. So 
um, you know, Colin Kaepernick has protested. It's been about three years since then. He has sued the league because of discrimination practices. He has won an undisclosed amount of money and he's still committed to social justice. We have different movements going on outside of that. He's the one uh, most closely connected to the NFL, but you have different people stepping up in other ways like Meek Mill, Mike uh, Rubin, uh, Jay-Z and Van Jones have formed an alliance to help um, reform the prison system and has committed to freeing a million people. So we have people and they're not the only ones, but I just wanted to bring that up because we're talking about Jay-Z. Jay-Z was recently declared the first hip-hop billionaire. So that means that Jay-Z has positioned himself where he can make money from multiple channels. And in doing so, his net worth, that doesn't mean he got a billion dollars in cash, but his net worth has been valued at over a billion dollars. I just want to keep that in mind. He's doing social justice reform. He has been um, an advocate for giving back to the community, has sponsored many scholarships for children in, in um, underserved communities. You know, he's done a lot in the respect of giving back, um, being a humanitarian, going back to the hood, helping people. This is who he has shown us to be despite being a billionaire. But we'll get back to that. Long story short, Colin Kaepernick, um, like I said, is unhirable. He um, did end up getting a deal with Nike. So he's doing well for himself financially, but he's still... Uh, sacrificed his NFL career as a result of bringing awareness to this issue. So he has been successful in bringing awareness. Everybody is clear about what the kneeling was about, even though it somehow turned into something with Trump, it turned into his job, it turned into all of these different things, but everybody gets why we're protesting, why um, NFL is losing so many viewers, why it's becoming less interesting and why they now want to step up and do something about it because they realize they can't just ignore us because any person, any group, any company in this country that wants to make profit, you have to appeal to black people. Why? Black people, though we are a minority, have the highest spending power of any other ethnic group. So what does that mean? That means that we spend more money. Our net our, our average wealth is less than $10, but we are the number one consumers in the world. Let that sink in for a moment. We don't have no money, but the money we do get, we're going to scrape up and we're going to make other people rich. Let that marinate in your spirit for a little bit. But anyway, um, so Jay-Z saw an opportunity to, you know, take action possibly capitalize on this situation and possibly get some ownership. I don't think there are any black um, football team owners. So allegedly there's a deal on the table where he would be a majority stake owner in one of the teams that has not been disclosed. Also, he has signed on to be their uh, director for the halftime show and he has gotten them to commit to investing in or helping to implement social justice programs um, to help take action when it comes to this issue of police brutality. So he didn't just come into this situation and say, hey, this is a great opportunity for me to help make a show, make some money. 
and and build my empire he made sure that as part of that conversation that he's going to talk about well what are you guys going to do in response to what has happened what has transpired what are you going to do to help contribute to changing the narrative about young black people so that they're not constantly being abused by police officers and he was able to receive that commitment now we already know when you shake hands with the devil, there's always a trade-off. So even though he may have gone into this with the best of intentions, we know that those are going to be turned around and manipulated to hurt and harm our people like everything else. We know that that has always been their agenda from day one, even when they shook hands that first day when they were in Africa and they purchased those slaves from those other Africans. They knew that they did not have the best intentions when they shook hands. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll give you guns in exchange for these people and we'll do right by them. Meanwhile, you're ripping them apart, literally ripping them apart, stealing them away from their family, beating, raping, and killing them. But hey, you always got to know when you shake hands with the devil that there's always going to be more to it than what has been initially presented. So while I want to make sure that Jay-Z is careful about what he does and how he moves as part of this alliance, I want to just speak to my people for a moment and just say the, the thing that the reason that police brutality is what it is today outside of just blatant and obvious racism but the underlying thing that we don't talk enough about is the benefit of doubt right when a white police officer who already thinks very poorly of black people comes into a situation where he has been allegedly told that this is a toxic and dangerous situation his first thought is i have to protect myself when they go out there and they kill young black uh, people or just black people in general they're ba they're being the judge and jury they're assessing the situation they're not giving a benefit of doubt to the situation they're not thinking to themselves why would this person be in this situation what is in their hand could it be a gun are they dumb enough to point a gun at 50 officers they don't think about it in a re realistic type of way they immediately jump they immediately jump to action. They immediately jump to conclusions. And as a result of it, our people, blood is, you know, rolling down the street. Dead in the middle of the street with a sheet on them for hours and the scolding heat, Mike Brown. This is what happens to our people because people don't, our oppressors, the supremacists, don't want to give them the benefit of doubt to say maybe this person isn't guilty. Maybe the situation isn't what it is what it appears. We just had a situation over the weekend, maybe over the weekend, like a day or two ago, where a white woman in I believe Minnesota, I could be wrong, somewhere with an M, I think. She called the police because she felt like a black man was looking at her suspiciously. And they came, they questioned him, they ID'd him, they interrogated him, they made him feel uncomfortable because this woman, this white woman presented to them that this person was looking at her in a way that made her uncomfortable. Now there are things you can do when someone is making you uncomfortable. The, the, the number one thing you can do is leave, is walk away, is get away from that person. Not stand there and look back at them suspiciously and call the police. See if you walk away, will they follow you? Now, mind you, this young man was playing his game on his phone, living his life. He's not thinking about you. And of course, this type of scenario echoes Emmett Till all day. You know, a young black man is persecuted, attacked, um, and in Emmett Till's case, murdered 
because some white woman felt uncomfortable or some white man wanted to kill a black boy so bad that they convinced the white woman to lie in order to justify their behavior and they didn't even serve any time in prison or have any true consequences or accountability for what they did. So fast forward 70 something years later and we still have young black men being harassed by police officers for looking at someone, for seeming like they're interested in someone. This is the most ridiculous thing that I've ever heard. This is something that they didn't come into that situation and say, let's talk to this young man as a human being. Hey sir, we're getting a call and it seems a little weird because I can kind of see that you're kind of doing your own thing. Um, but you know, did you say anything to her? You know, instead of approaching him aggressively, put your hands up, put your hands behind your back, let me handcuff you. Treat him like a human being. Give him the benefit of the doubt. Give him respect and, uh, you know, to speak on what has happened. Don't just jump straight to conclusions. They're ready to pin you down to the ground, slam your head to the ground, you know, attack you, break your arm, all because of a, a, a accusation. And then you see time after time after time, a lot of times these accusations are false and they still walk in aggressively, right? They don't give our people the benefit of the doubt. They're not saying to them, let me, let me truly assess this situation and see what's going on here. What's the underlying reasons? What can we do to resolve this without escalating it? They don't approach it that way. The moment they hear male, the moment they hear black, the moment they hear black, period, whether it's male or female, even a young kid is not immune to the police brutality that our community face. The reality is this, and people will tell you what they think about it on social media platforms. When a police officer pulls you over and you are a person of color, it is time, it is your obligation to go into full coonery mode. You need to, yes, sir, no, sir, I see, sir, I don't understand, sir, one thing, sir, can I call, sir, can I see, sir? If you don't kiss they butt, if you question them, if you try to assert your rights, if you try to assert your that you're a human being and that you deserve to be treated better, you should have complied. You should have listened. Why are you combating with them? Why do we have to sit here and put on an apron and a mop and, and, and perform for people in order to get some respect? You should tell me why you're pulling me over. You should tell me why you want to put me in handcuffs. You should tell me why you're going to detain me. You don't have a right. When did the police officers have a right? to just detain us because it makes them feel comfortable. And why can't we say what happens to us when we're the ones paying their salary? There's a lot, there's a huge disconnect in all of this. I'm not okay with contributing to taxes that pay police officers' salary to know that I cannot question them if they so have to pull me over, to know that I have to dance around and prance around like a court jester in order for them to not attack me or assault me. That's not okay. It's not okay. And we should not have to be made to feel like we should accept this because they're the police officers. And if you want to go home alive, you'll listen. This is not slavery. This is not 1902. This is not 1692. This is 2019 approaching 2020. We are not chucking and jiving for nobody. So it's not fair that the system, that oppression, that supremacy decides that we do not get the benefit of doubt. They're going to rush to judgment and they're going to decide our fate in that moment. That's what the core 
the root core, the root cause of this issue is lack of benefit of doubt by supremacists, by police officers, by this country when it comes to people of color. That's the issue. Now, let's focus on Jay-Z for a moment. Jay-Z made the announcement that he was going to be helping to um, drive initiative for the NFL to get involved in social justice and also direct their upcoming halftime shows. And then it was quietly revealed that he may be um, receiving majority ownership in a team that has not been fully disclosed. Okay, that's the situation. And here's the problem that I've had. You had D.L. Hughley. You've had... um, You've just had a lot of people with a platform coming forward, uh, not Colin Kaepernick himself, but the people around him, Eric Reed, his girlfriend, Nessa, uh, Jamel Hill. I mean, a lot of people who have interacted and have met Jay-Z and should have some idea of his character, right? They should know that this man, despite being as wealthy as he is, has never forgotten where he came from. Now, people try to criticize him because he said he would not invest in the projects. Not that you could invest in a project anyway. It's government funded. But anyway, let's just... Let's just look at him as a person and all that he and his wife has accomplished for the black community in the last, since they've been successful, at least the last five to 10 years. Okay. We're not talking about a a JD and I'm using JD because there's, it's a rumor circulating that, um, Jay-Z allegedly discouraged JD from taking that same deal that he got. And I think that was the good that was the right advice for Jay-Z to give JD and here's why. <clears throat> I and and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know JD to be about giving back to the community. I don't know him to be an advocate for anti-white supremacy. I don't know him to be an advocate for prison reform. I only know him to be a producer. I only know him to be a music maker. I only know him to be a legend, someone who makes controversial statements. Um, That's what I know him as. He has not shown any interest in social justice. So, no, he's not the right person to have this kind of relationship with the NFL because at the end of the day, it would strictly be about that bag. Nothing more, nothing less. I'll help you guys bring back the black audience, pay me this amount of money, and you got me. Jay-Z's not that person. He's not coming to the table like, give me $500 million and I'm a chuck and jive and I'm going to bring the Negroes to you. Absolutely not. That's not his character. At least that's not what he has shown us since he's been in a position to help other people. He has shown us that he can go back to his community. He can pay for college education for other people. That he can help and use his time and resources to help start the conversation and create alliances to help prison reform systems. He has secretly and quietly helped multiple people in his industry. It's not just about helping rich people. Those are the people in his industry. How many of y'all work somewhere at a bank or at a law firm or wherever and see one of your peers going through it and you use your own funds to help them out of a jam? Not many people do that. So when people try to say, well, they rich already. They don't need his help. 
Everybody needs information. Everybody needs education. Everybody needs resources. So it don't matter how rich you are. If they don't know where to go and they trust in somebody who is really undercover just trying to extort them for all their money on the low, oh, you should go to this lawyer. Meanwhile, he getting a cut by you by sending you to that lawyer. When you have a person that's your peer come to you and say, nah, I'm going to tell you what you need to do. This is the person that's going to help you out that situation because they've been through it. How many of us can say we do that for our peers? Not many people. Um, but he's shown his character. It's not like he's just somebody out the blue. He's not a person who's just been rich, making money, chilling. He's literally been a person. He's the reason we all knew about Khalif Browder. Nobody would have known that story if it wasn't for him. He's the reason we are able to get more details on Meek Mill's case because he funded that documentary so that we can see what's really going on in the system. And it doesn't just affect his rich friends. It affects all of our children, all of our sons. So this is not a person that's just coming into this looking for a quick money grab. This is a person who has made it his business. His wealth is not because of... Um, black people his largest um source of wealth comes from the champagne company that he owns and most of us have never even heard of this brand i've never heard of it i've never seen anybody bring it to my house i've never seen anybody talk about it he owns and and part of his billion dollar wealth 300 million of that comes from the champagne company that he owns then he also has a good portion from art that he owns and from and from property and stocks and his music catalog i mean it's all broken down but it's not coming from us per se even when you talk about the music if you go to a concert a hip-hop concert it's probably 80 percent white kids dancing and bopping around and then the black people sitting in the bleachers because we're not willing to pay $185 to see our favorite artists, but we'll pay $225 and then stand in a 10-hour line for a pair of shoes. So give me a break. But anyway, um, we got to look at the character of the person going into this. And he could have just made this move and not said a word, but he decided to hold a press conference and he decided to touch on it and say, listen, that was one step. Making people aware that this is a problem. Everybody knows it's a problem. Now what we gonna do? We got stuck, which is what happens in modern day protests. We get stuck and caught up on one idea and then we don't think about other ways to keep pushing the movement forward. <clears throat> I barely see people talk about Black, Black Lives Matter anymore. I barely see see any initiatives from Black Lives Matter. It was a hashtag that went viral. You had these people who started a hashtag representing uh, or perpetrating as leaders of an entire movement who were ill-prepared. Because most of us, if I put out a, a lengthy post and it takes off and it's something about empowering my people, I'm not prepared to lead that. I might have ideas and thoughts in my mind and at the moment in time, I might share it, but that doesn't mean that I'm ready and equipped to take action. We don't even hear about Black Lives Matter anymore. It's a mute point. We have to be able to have something that goes beyond the outrage, that goes beyond the viral moment, that goes beyond the it's all over the world and we have to talk about it. Okay, we talked about it. That's a problem. Regardless of how people feel about it, we know people are burning their Nikes. We know people were upset. We know white people decided they was going to boycott. We know all this stuff happened. 
Now that the world understands and knows and can see for their own eyes that police brutality when it comes to African-American people is a real issue, what are we going to do? What actions are we going to take in order to eliminate this as an issue within our country? That's the task. So no longer about we got to get Colin a job. Getting Colin a job is not going to change police brutality. It's not even the responsibility per se of the NFL. But if the NFL wants to continue to enjoy black dollars, and that goes for every major corporation, we're the number one consumers in this world. We have to start leveraging our power. If you want to continue to get my business, my mindless spending, then you need to give me something in return. Period. Point blank. So if the NFL is going to break in billions of dollars because of our viewership, because of us, um, you know, our willingness to get up and go buy Doritos or Budweiser because we saw that commercial during that Super Bowl um, game, what are you going to give us in return? So he didn't just come to the table with a deal for himself. He came to a, a, the table with how are you, the NFL, going to help positively impact social injustice, police brutality, the issues that my people face. And here's the thing when it comes to people speaking out. Because you have a right to your opinion, that's fine. But give the brother a benefit of doubt. This whole thing started because police officers and white supremacists do not give African-American people the benefit of doubt. They rush to judgment. They rush to attack us. They rush to kill us. And then they explain later. We're doing the same thing as a community, not at all of us, but a good number of people are doing the exact same thing to Jay-Z. You're rushing to judgment. You've already made up your mind what this is. You're not trying to hear anything else. You made your decision and you're going to move forward. Not giving it an opportunity. Let's see where he is a year from now. Let's trust our brother. This is a man who's already a billionaire. This NFL deal won't make or break him. His money, he he a billionaire already. His net worth is a billion already. He don't need this NFL deal. He's making different moves that a lot of us don't even know about or can't even comprehend. He don't have to do this. He doesn't have to sit and talk about social injustice because guess what? He's rich. He'll never have to get behind a car if he don't want to ever again for the rest of his life. But he has children in this world. He has people that look up to him. And he's committed to helping the people that look like him. And he's shown us that. How can we not give our brother the benefit of the doubt? How can we turn this into a Colin versus Jay-Z thing? The issue with Colin still lies with the NFL. It got nothing to do with Jay-Z. The NFL is still where your outrage should be. You can't knock the next person for trying to move around and move forward. They still... Have blackballed this young man. You can still protest. You can still boycott. Nobody told you to stop. He just made an announcement. We shouldn't be so quick to knock each other. This is why we don't have many black leaders now. Because the moment someone tries to rise up, the number one people that's criticizing and attacking and judging is his own people. Why am I sacrificing everything for these people? And they're never satisfied. Y'all all want to protect Cap now, but when Cap got that settlement, how quick did y'all turn on him? Like he wasn't supposed to be able to feed his family. You settled. You sold out. 
same people that's on the platform right now condemning Jay-Z condemned um, Colin Kaepernick. We got a self-hatred issue. We have adopted our supremacists, the people who have oppressed us, we've adopted their mentality. Their enemy is our enemy and what they love is what we love. Let me say that again. We have adopted the mindset of our oppressor. Therefore, we hate what he hates and we love what he loves. That has been demonstrated time and time again. That's the reason why it could be a black woman and a white woman. Both standing on a ledge and both pushed off. And every black man standing around will rush to save that white woman while that black woman drowned. And that black woman would be okay with sacrificing her life for that woman to be saved. And I know that sounds radical. You're probably like, girl, what? But just think about it. Think about it. I've seen many images of, of women of color being the first one speaking up on behalf of something that a white woman is going through. And you rarely see the opposite of that. Just look at it. Just go on YouTube. Just Google it. You can Google that. And again, this is not an anti, I love people of all races. This is not about white people. It's about white supremacy. And I need people to be able to understand the difference. You're white because your skin is white. Just like I'm black because my skin is black. But that superiority, that's a, that's a mindset. That's a sickness. To think that you're superior to anybody solely because you happen to be born with white skin while they happen to be born with black skin, that's enough to convince you that you're superior? That is psychotic. That is our enemy, not each other. But we have been brainwashed and programmed by a white supremacist society for decades to generations and centuries, and we're just now awakening as a people because of education because of exposure because of us being able to see things differently and we're breaking away from it but we have to be aware and conscious when we are doing what our oppressors want us to do we find ourselves hating on our brother without giving our brother the benefit of the doubt we are falling into the agenda of the supremacists who brainwashed our great 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 grandfather who brainwashed his son who brainwashed his daughter who brainwashed her son who brainwashed her and it's still rolling on to us that's why we beat our children into submission we beat our children into compliance we beat the personality and the creativity out of our children who taught you that who taught them that who taught them that you think Master was beating on his kids? No. But he came out and beat on yours, but he didn't get what he wanted. And now we sit here and, well, spoiler, spare the rice, spoil the child. I ain't met a child yet. I ain't met a child yet or an adult yet where getting beat ever helped them. Lessons, conversations, um, getting involved in the community, being somebody, seeing that you have been privileged, those are things that affect the person. Not you grabbing a stitch and cordial whip to beat on them. These are your children. But that's another topic. But anyway, I, I've said all this just to get to the point of we, we have to break away from what our oppressors have taught us. We have to stop being so quick to judge our, our people, especially the ones who have already shown us 
He's already shown us that he cares about the community because he cannot, he can care less. He can literally go into his corner and care less about what black people go through, what our community is going through. He don't have to talk about prison reform. He ain't in jail. He beat his cases. But he chooses to because that's part of his legacy. Give the man time. Give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm not saying what he did was right. I'm not saying what he did is wrong. I'm just saying give the damn brother a chance. See what he does. Two years from now, nothing has changed. We're still seeing our brothers killed for doing absolutely nothing. We still seeing uh, people on, on, on threads talking about what he should have listened. Nothing has changed. NFL still moving around. Jay-Z pockets get richer. Then you can say, okay, this brother sold us out. Now, what you could do if you're concerned is start thinking about what can I do? in my capacity to help improve social justice. For those of you out there who haven't reached where you can contact Jay-Z, Jay-Z, tell me what you need. Hold that brother accountable. What do you need? What can we do to make sure that this isn't just about money, but we're going to actually see some change and the NFL is going to be at the forefront of that change. You have access to that man. Instead of using your platform to criticize him, use your reach to call him. What can we do? I, I heard you say that now that this has happened, what we going to do? What we going to do, brother? And if you ain't willing to do that, you need to shut the hell up. Whew. You can tell that bothered me. But anyway, all I'm saying is this. The same thing that started this is the same thing that's happening now and it's happening by our own people. We have to be able to give each other. If they're not going to give us the benefit of doubt, we have to be able to give that to each other. And we can't allow them to divide us or use us. And guess what? This is a white man's world. And what I mean by that is there's still so many things dominated by the white man. So if you think that he can make change by avoiding, if we can, if you really think, that we can make an impactful change without having white allies, you may be mistaken on that. Not saying they need to come in and save us, but we need allies because it's more. The more, the merrier. The more people of Hispanic, Asian, Indian, white, whatever, they say this is not okay and we reject this mindset, we reject this notion, we reject this energy, that's the only way it's going to change. We can't move around this world and not interact with people that don't look like us. That's not realistic. So he, we need to be able to create our own table and we need to be able to sit at some of theirs as well. That's how change happens. But I've said all I can say about this topic. All I can say to you guys is just give the brother a chance. Let's see what happens. This isn't somebody who's who's turned his back on his community. This is somebody who's shown us, even in his wealth, that he got our back. And the least we could do, if we're not going to advocate for him, if we're not going to stand up and help him, the least we could do is just sit back and let's see what happens. I was advocating to, listen, don't jump down Jesse's throat. We don't know. We don't know. And even though it turned out to most likely be a lie I don't regret saying that hold up don't rush to judgment sometimes it's exactly what you thought it was and sometimes you pleasantly surprised to find out that it's not either way let's give each other at the very least let's give each other the benefit to say my brother wouldn't do that My brother wouldn't turn his back on us. He's already shown us what he's capable of. Give people a chance. 
give people a chance. If our oppressors won't give us a chance, the least we can do is give each other a chance. But yeah, again, I've said all I can say on this topic. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate your... Oh, I've been talking too much. Oh, anyway, I appreciate your viewership. I appreciate your support. Um, and I just appreciate being able to speak because that's that in and of itself is a blessing. But y'all have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will talk to you soon.